I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white, nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Previously, in episode 8, Iki was fed up with the Mac creatures and decided to travel home to Australia. On landing, she found herself stuck in an invisible bubble, so returned to Scotland, shaken and confused. They decided it must have been a dark magic, and all the creatures travelled into the Elf Kingdom to sort out the problem. The travelling spell may have taken them underground, but unfortunately, dark security surrounded the village. The creatures were angry that their attempt had failed. Fortunately, to their complete surprise, the wooden door started to open and everybody held their breath. This unnerved even the bravest of them. Two little elves calmly walked out with a basket in each of their hands. They walked straight past the creatures without even seeing them. Everybody was amazed that they had not been seen and quickly ran through the door before it decided to close. Scratching their heads, they marched towards the village. They passed through the main part of the village where the elves were happily going about their business, oblivious to the creatures. Iki looked at Seamus. She was as confused as he was and thought for a minute. I think we must be invisible and I can't work out why. Rawr! You have amazing powers for an Australian creature. The fact that you have made us unseeable to the elves is a miracle. Iki was just as surprised as everybody else. How could they be able to communicate with the king if he couldn't see them? She decided to carry on and sort out the problem when she reached the king's tower. It was good that they could get there without being stopped or attacked by the elves. The tower was dark, creepy and dangerous. The stairs were steep narrow and slippery. Every now and then they seemed to crumble from under their feet. Iki's heart started to race. She felt totally responsible for the welfare of the group. Finally, they reached the top of the tower. They could hear the king yelling, so they crept in to observe. The king was furious. He was stomping up and down as in front of him, with their hands bound behind their backs, were the two naughty elves. Don't you know what you have done? You have broken nearly every rule we have in our village. 
You let yourself be caught. You managed to be stupid enough to lead the enemy into our territory. Not to mention causing trouble and strife. If you have to steal from them, how about using your brains? And to top off everything, you broke into my spellbook and stole an ancient spell that has been banned from use. We elves still do have some kind of decency about us, and we at all times are meant to keep to our village rules. I suppose the creatures will now be planning a war, and that's all we need. We have a bad enough reputation, and that's because smarty pants elves like you get us in trouble. The creatures watched in awe as the king yelled at the pair. He was angry and the two elves were shaking in their boots. I should throw you in our dungeon and never let you out, but I've decided that you have to fix up this mess all by yourselves. And if the McCreatures eat you for their dinner, then I will be rid of you once and for all. Then again, that may not be a good idea. You may get us into more mess than I can possibly fix up. I better put right this mess myself. After all, I am the all-knowing king. I just have to work out what to do. Sweat was running down the king's face, which was flushed and scarlet as he wiped his head with a silk cloth. The door opened and a beautiful lady elf walked in with a tray. On the tray were a goblet and some tablets on a silver dish. Take these, my dear heart. Don't let the two juvenile elves get the better of you. You know that you must watch your blood pressure. Iki smiled. She felt sorry for the king as it was frustrating for him to have to deal with the pair. Iki could remember when she was trying to teach the creatures to travel. She would get so vexed that she wanted to strangle them. The king took the tablets and then calmed right down. Let me see. We now have a problem of reversing the spell before the creatures find out. That's if they haven't already, as they are very good at finding out stuff. He reached up towards the top of the library shelf and brought down an old dusty book. The book was large, red and beautiful, Scottish thistles all over the side of the cover. The lock was grand, it was gold and in the shape of hands with entwined fingers. The king sat down puffing. He started to chant a spell. Book of old spells, ancient and bold, open before me the king of the dark elves. An answer I seek to a spell that has been charmed. It must be lifted for peace is at stake. The spell antidote has to be used before it's too late. The book wasn't happy at being disturbed and it moaned. A puff of smoke lifted to the ceiling and the hands cracked as they separated and stretched. The king was grateful that the book of spells had let him into its secrets and he put on his silver glasses. Let me see. I think the spell is on page 136. Skimming through the pages, the book coughed as the dust flew everywhere. Unexpectedly, 
A bright light sprang from the book and projected against the wall was the answer to the king's quandary. The creatures cowed in fright, except for Iki, who was fascinated and boldly walked forward to get a better view. Lord of Lords and Flight of the Dragons, release our victim. The spell that has been charmed is to be dismantled, and the spellbook must be closed so that it can be used no more. Straight away, Iki was released and gave an enormous sigh of relief. <sighs> the book yawned and entwined its fingers, pulling the covers together. The king was satisfied that everything had gone well. I think, my dear, the victim will now be free of the bubble. Let's hope they never find out it was the dark elves that inflicted the pain. The creatures had witnessed what the king had done and most felt sorry for him. In fact, their warrior hearts had melted when it occurred to them that the elves were just like them. Just because they look different and live in a different place didn't make them bad, just different. Iki was unaware that soon she would be home back with her precious mother. This would be the last time she would be with her new Scottish friends. In Australia, the plans had been made for the time to be reversed and the return of Iki to Australia was well on its way. The time distributors had been notified and the Bunyip was satisfied that permission would be granted. The party decided to prepare Jo for her journey back to the past. The time distributors would probably only allow her to go back to the beginning, which was a school classroom before Iki tried to travel them to the village. Jo wondered if Iki would be back under her seat in the class. Then, reality hit. Jo was saddened at the knowledge that she wouldn't see her Scottish friends again. She wondered if she would remember anything that had happened. Would she ask Iki to travel her back to the village? If so, everything would start again. That's how she got into trouble in the first place. She would have to remember everything and stop the disaster from taking place. It had been an adventure of a lifetime and a great story for a school essay. But if it started again, Joe would have a hissy fit. Aunt Pepper listened to Joe's predicament and felt sad for her. I would love to travel back with you and help, but the time distributors will only allow you. And remember, I wasn't in the classroom when it all happened. It has to be as it was at the time of the mishap. It's a shame, really, as I would love to be young again, even if it was for two minutes. Everybody looked at her as if she had lost her mind. A group of young creatures started giggling at the thought of a young peppy. I'm just joking. Goodness me, can't an old Aunt Pepper have a dream or two? Where's your sense of humour? Just trying to lighten up a challenging situation. She suggested that Jo took time to write everything down that had happened to her. Headed in capital letters. Danger. Do not ask Iki to travel you both to the village. Most important. Jo wondered if she would change back just as she was, school uniform and all. Aunt Pepper explained that she would be just as she was before the travelling spell took over. Joe would be in her school uniform, with no Scottish clothes, and Iki would be back in Australia, probably under her desk, ready to get up to mischief. This is a very important travel, Joe. It means that when you come back, your mother will be alive, and everything that we all experienced while you were gone didn't happen. Time change is a bad thing, but in this case, it is a better outcome for the future. 
We still don't know what went wrong when Iggy tried to travel you back into the village. Something peculiar happened, and we must investigate the cause so it will not happen again. I personally feel it's because the Earth's energy is being disturbed with human greed and anger, not to mention the blatant lack of concern for the planet's health. Then Joe asked an intelligent question. If everything went back to the way it was before the travelling, how come a letter that she would write in this time would be with her in the past time? The bunyip explained that if he blew on the note, it would have time change and stay in Joe's hand. It would time travel with her and not disappear. It was, of course, bunyip magic. The next day, two time distributors entered the village. The wind blew and the clouds turned grey as they approached. They were old, grey-haired, bent over and creepy with bright red noses and wooden staffs in each of their hands. They wore purple capes with large hoods covering their beady eyes and shuffled along slowly, taking their time. After all, time was what they had heaps of. You could say they were all about time and not too pleased with the situation at all. It was to them a huge waste of their precious time. The bunyip saw that Joe was frightened. Anybody would have been after seeing these menacing creatures. So he decided to do what he liked to do the best. He told her a joke. Joe, think of this while you're traveling. It may calm you down. What can't walk but runs? Joe smiled. She was nervous but grateful that the bunyip had tried to cheer her up. Aunt Pepper gave Joe a cuddle. It was as if she was still uneasy at what could happen. The bunyip started his walk, pressing his huge flat feet into the ground. There were ten steps in a row, perfectly laid before Joe. The time distributors were a serious pair, and it was evident that the whole situation didn't please them. They stared at Joe and then gave orders to everyone in an unpleasant manner. Aunt Pepper was a little annoyed, but accepted that the time distributors had to be listened to. They could at least be nice about it all. We all get that they are the bosses of time, but for heaven's sake, be a little polite. No need for rudeness. The bunyip thought it was amusing that Peppy was getting her knickers in a knot. He had never seen her so annoyed. Joe was instructed to stand at the front of the first step. Her nerves showed as she shook with fear. The most important thing to do is clear your mind of everything. We, the time distributors, are in charge of time, and it's our job to make sure time runs smoothly. We don't need anybody else changing things or messing up. Do you understand? Joe thought for a moment. If she had to clear her mind, she couldn't work out the bunyip's joke when she was travelling. Everybody nodded their heads in agreement, and the time distributors started to chant their instructions. You will hear the tones. As you do, visualise the instructions given to you by the sound. Joe held her breath and proceeded to walk into the first footprint. The tune rang soft and the footprint vibrated slowly. The second step was more confronting. When Joe stepped into it, she felt dizzy and the tune was louder. The third step became bumpy and the tune rang even louder and made her head spin faster. Joe panicked. 
she felt she would lose her head altogether and her ears were tingling. Her long red hair began to stick straight up. Oh my, it's as if I'm being electrocuted so I feel no heat or pain. Will I be okay? Each step made Joe feel stranger, lighter and dizzier, until all of a sudden, the last step glowed and a bright light surrounded her. It was a protective white light. She was thrown into a tunnel of rainbow beams, golden confetti and silver clouds. Travelling so fast, she wondered if everything would be alright. Her eyes filled up as she remembered that her mum had died. An incredible sadness fell over her. Not a good thing to do as she saw that the lights were starting to dim. Oh gosh, I must clear my mind. I'm affecting the spell. The time distributors needed me to be clear of any thoughts, sad or happy. I hope I haven't mucked up everything. All the creatures watching the event held their breath. Was the spell about to backfire and would Joe end up nowhere and Iki be lost forever? The lights were dimming. This was not a good thing and the time distributors shook their heads. Pepper was alarmed and started to chant to bring up the energy. All the creatures rushed together and hugged as they were worried as to what would happen to Joe. Then, without warning, she was gone. Nowhere to be seen. Woohoo! She did it! Creatures cheered and started to sing and dance. It had worked. Joe had been transported back to the beginning. Now life will be returned to the way it should be. You know, Pepper, I think a seafood platter, tossed salad and champagne for dinner is in order. And some strawberry cheesecake for dessert. The stress has made me hungry. Sending Joe back to the beginning was an enormous event. We should have a quiet celebration, just the two of us at home. That would be wonderful. But we need to include our friend the Bunyip. He is the saviour in all of this. Of course, Pepper. Without him, nothing would be possible. He is the hero of the bush. While celebrations were in full swing in the future, Joe was arriving back into the past. It had been a wild ride, and all at once things seemed to disappear from her mind. In fact, she couldn't think at all. Her mind had gone totally blank. For a moment, she couldn't even remember who she was and what she had been doing. Gradually, Joe's travel started to slow down and the wind whistled past her face and her ears popped as she began her descent. I am Joanne Elizabeth Parker and I live at 23 Hawthorne Street, Corkupper Ripple Creek. Wow, that was a hoot, whatever it was. There was no memory of the mishaps and definitely no memory of the return journey. Surprisingly, she landed quite gently and found herself next to her school desk. Melissa was starting to get out of her chair and approach Joe. She was looking pleased with herself and Joe was feeling quite disturbed by her mental blank at the essay exam. That sort of thing had never happened before and Joe hoped it would never happen again. That must be what they call writer's block. Think I've nailed it, Joe. Just couldn't stop writing. It's funny because I came to class with no idea and ended up with heaps. That would be right. She was writing so fast, it's probably going to be a best-selling novel. Hang on, what does she mean heaps of ideas? I gave her the only idea. Just typical. Let's get some fresh air and some food. I'm starving. You can tell me about the apron and the green bottle now. 
Is it some kind of herbal tonic or drink that your kooky Aunt Pepper has made? A funny feeling came across Joe. It was as if she had experienced it all before. Deja vu. Melissa looked at the puzzled face of her friend. What's wrong with you? You're looking a little pale. Joe suspiciously looked under her chair, then stared back at Melissa. I think... I think... I guess I don't know what I think. Let's get something to eat. Hey, Melissa, I have a joke for you. It's just come to me. Joe, are you all right? You want to tell me a joke now? Well, yes, it's a corker. Do you want to hear it? I suppose if it's quick. I need food. Okay. What can't walk but can run? Having a clue. A river is the answer. It's good, isn't it? Where did you hear that? No idea. And with that, they both walked outside into the fresh air and headed for the tuck shop. Joe turned around and stared at the classroom door. Something was missing. Something she was supposed to do, but what? Melissa grabbed her hand, pulling her into the tuck shop queue. Joe put her hand into her pocket and found a piece of folded paper. Funny. I don't remember putting a note in my pocket. She never pulled it out. Just left it there for another time. Melissa continued to push Joe towards the food queue. She was starving. Mum has given me two dollars for a treat today. Come on, I'll shout your paddle pop. Make it a chocolate one, please. <laughs> That's the end of season two. And I've heard through the Bush Telegraph that there's going to be a season three. Really? What's it about? It's going to be a Pacific Ocean underwater adventure. That sounds wet and fishy. I've got a joke about small beaches. Do you want to hear it? Uh, only if it takes two minutes. I'm hungry. Okay, what washes up on very small beaches? No idea, my friend. Microwaves. Oh, gosh, that would cause environmental pollution. For heaven's sakes, get a grip. Well, humans do pollute the oceans and waterways. You're right, and it's time we taught them to stop. I suggest that everyone out there tunes in on their podcatcher of choice to Season 3, June 2023. Yep, that could be only good for the environment. It could save the planet. You have just been listening to the mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's book by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susan-pease.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-P-E-A-S-E.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next magical instalment of the mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. Listen, enjoy, and learn tips on saving the planet. That is a Slurp It Downs and Gulper Waters fact. This has been a Corky's Group production 2022. All rights reserved. We'll see all of you soon. Special moments made
when you believe in magic.